0: Thanks for your grace, your goodness, your mercy. Uh, we just thank you for just all the blessings uh, that you give us. Thank you for your word. Um, thank you that uh, you have spoken clearly to us and help us to understand it, Lord. We we realize that we need the, the work of your spirit in our lives to understand your word and what you have said, and so we're grateful for you. Lord, bless our discussion. May we be encouraged, may we grow in our faith, and may our joy be even more full. In Jesus' name, Amen. Okay, so I gave you um, this, and it has front and back, and I think that, so if you look at um, the back, and we've got this six miles width at its at its, I couldn't find a better picture, it was a little blurry, but um, at its, at its widest point. Um, and then over near Tiberias there, which is where Galilee is, it's kind of a resort area. Um, uh, it's a little more uh, metropolitan. That's a bad term because it's really not metropolitan. But a lot more density and population. The more you get up above Magdala and between Capernaum, it's it's very more uh, mountainous. Uh, a mountain, it's hilly, open. Um, there's a large church up near Capernaum there, uh, and uh, and right where um, oh, that would you get that over there? Right near. Um, Thank you. We believe that right below Capernaum, so if you look at Capernaum right about here is where the Mount of Beatitudes would be. There's a large church up there. Um, It's the one area that makes the most sense that a bunch of people could be gathered there. Um, And it's a great view over the whole lake. Uh, And so um, it's one of those, it's a big open hillside, uh, probably four times the size of our property here, uh, maybe a little more, um, and then it goes right down into the sea, uh, where there's no real entry point to the ocean. I mean, it's kind of a little bit steep. It's not too bad. I mean, they could get in there, uh, but it's not the main point port anymore. I mean, they don't <laughs> they don't ship anything out of there. Everything's pretty much where you see Tiberius, and then Bethsaida over there. And so when we look at these uh, on the and so if you look at um, this other this picture below, uh, I was trying to find one from the Mount of Beatitudes so you could all really see. But this is more um, closer to a, a cross from Tiberias on the opposite side. Um, but you can see you can see across. cross. It's it's not it's not a huge huge uh, sea, which is why we see it called lake at times in Scripture, Lake Genesaret. Um, and so we see that because it's really not huge, but there's a lot of fish in it and a lot of life in there for the people. So if we look at the other side here, so if we see where uh, Gennesaret is, um, which would be right in that area uh, where uh, Tabgah and Gennesaret, that could be where somewhere in there where the Mount of Beatitudes would feel a little bit more towards Tabgah. Um, and then Bethsaida, obviously, is just right here. So when they're going across, they're pretty, from Bethsaida to back to Gennesaret, it's a pretty um, short trip. Uh, probably closer to three miles, uh, two to three miles, rather than where the widest is. So that just gives us, uh, and then what I like about this one, it kind of gives just some of the, the areas of where things are and what we've been uh, talking about. And so you can kind of see some of those. Uh, and it's interesting, the drowning of the swine down uh, where Hippas is, um, it's interesting because there's a, a really good restaurant really close to there. Um, uh, the pork. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. We pork? <laughs> yeah, right. No, that, it's Peter's, I can't remember the name of it. Cephas House, I think is what they call it. And um, it's, you get like the fish with the eyes still in it and the head still on it. So, so I, didn't ha- I didn't have that, but everybody else did. Uh, and so, um, but it's, it's a real famous area. And right next to it, it kind of makes the only sense of where um, the pigs could have, because the way the wording is, is that they kind of jumped off of a cliff. Mm-hmm. And so this is really the only spot, if you look at the topography, that makes sense that that could have happened. Um, and so most believe that that's where um, the the pig jumped off was the right near. Still <clears throat> there?
1: <pig> they <throat>
0: found somebody. I don't. Know. I'm assuming they found somewhere to live. So and it's, uh,
2: it's fresh water, not salt water. so they call it a sea? Doesn't that I mean it would be salt water? It's that, oh man. But it, it well, shows that shows you got rivers dumping into it. So it doesn't look like it's. salt
3: Well, it's the Jordan River,
2: right? Right.
0: Um, from up down here, yeah. i have to this, look it up. Is this, I was is thinking this about that earlier.
3: below sea level or not?
0: No, the Dead Sea is below sea the level. The
3: Dead Sea as you go farther south. Farther
0: south, right. And the Dead Sea is below sea level and has no outlet, which is why it's dead. There's no flow yeah, of water. Of yeah, and it's very salty and it is...
2: The vegetation looks like it.
0: Well, what's interesting is you drive around the region and they have some of the, um, everything they plant, since 1948 they've been harvesting a lot and, and, and growing a lot of crops. Everything they plant grows like mad. I mean, it does really well. Like they, the avocados that they have over there when we drove, well, I was there in 2011. It was just amazing. Um, and another interesting fact, just on a side note, is that their prison is below ground. And so prisoners do not see the light of day till they get out.
4: Um,
0: wow. Yes. Well, and that, that
3: would be discouraging, wouldn't that it? Some of the, <laughs> some,
0: that, that would be some of the uh, deterrent is, hey, you're going to be miserable, and your mental health is going to be radically impacted by
3: going to jail. So are you saying this is a dead sea? No, no, no. Dead seas further south. Where's the outlet? outlet? down here. Yeah, just north south.
0: Yeah, so right here is the outlet. It comes down here. Right here. Yeah. Yeah, and then Jordan would be off to whatever cool. side that would be. That helps a lot. Yeah.
1: That's
0: east. so
1: east. <laughs> <laughs> According to the Almighty. Yeah, right. thank
0: you. I assumed it was because I stood in it and I don't and I don't rem, I did not taste it.
3: Well, it has the fish in it. It's probably fresh water. I
0: don't remember it being salty, so that would make sense to be fresh. Well, it's a large body of water for that region. I mean, it's not too far from. Uh, well, too far. I mean, the Mediterranean Sea is is about 45 minutes from there.
1: Water source
0: for drinking? And where are there's several water sources. Like when you go to Engedi, there's water that just, and then also Caesarea uh, Philippi, there's water that just comes out of the mountain, mm-hmm. and it's fresh. Size it's of good.
3: American good. Falls Reservoir. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, roughly right. Yeah, no.
1: It's said there, uh, it supplies thirty percent of Israel's drinking water. There you go. Mm-hmm. So yes.
3: We got they'll drain, it and cool. yeah, up and
0: they'll drain it. Somebody will. For the Californians move over there, right? And we All right, so we kind of um, finished through uh, 14 through 23. Uh, we What's the overall picture? So if someone wants to. Um, bring us up to date, uh, we'll talk to the man with the, the notes over there. Jared, what was the overall picture Jesus is explaining in the verses um, when we looked at uh, Mark seven fourteen
1: through 23?
0: Didn't you take good notes on there or you didn't get that far? Was that where we started? Okay. Okay, so let's, uh, someone read, I thought we got through 14 through 23. Someone read Mark seven fourteen through 23, please.
1: Again, Jesus
2: called the crowd to him and said, Listen to me, everyone, and understand this. Nothing outside a man can make him unclean by going into him. Rather, it is what comes out of a man that makes him unclean. After he had left the crowd and entered the house, his disciples asked about his parable. Are you so dull, he asked. Don't you see that nothing that enters a man from the outside can make him unclean? For it doesn't go into his heart but into his stomach and then out of his body in saying this Jesus declared all foods clean he went on what comes out of a man is what makes him unclean for from within out of men's hearts come evil thoughts sexual immorality theft murder adultery greed malice deceit lewdness envy slander arrogance and folly all these evils come from inside and make a man unclean
0: okay so let's turn to Matthew 6 Nineteen through twenty-one.
2: That's not on your left. What's that? That's not on your sheet.
0: Yeah, Yeah, it it is. At the end of the next. Right? End of the
3: question. End of the question, right? Okay.
0: I'm like, did I have the only copy that has no
1: Oh I was looking down the page for. I know,
0: I did. I went out of like I normally do. I did a different template. No. <laughs> so before we answer this question, before we get to Matthew, what's the overall picture Jesus is explaining in Mark seven fourteen through
1: 23? I think it's different now. If there's no false food is good, then a lot of the Jewish traditions is kind of, you know, he's... Changing the game in
4: a way.
0: Okay. Honestly, at least the way I read it. No. So, well, yeah, go well, ahead. But
3: I mean, you know, the whole thing is about um, our evil nature. That's really what, that's really our problem. It's not what we eat, it's what, what's inside of us already.
0: Yeah, so he's kind of, uh, Changing the the idea of that you can look great on the outside and everything's fine. But really, it's the inside. And Jesus is always addressing the heart. Uh, And and again, the religious leaders, right? They were all about what they looked like on the outside. And and many of us who grew up in the church, I don't want to put all of it on you. If you were like me, you knew how to look good when you needed to look good. Right. You knew how to play the game. You knew how to give the right answers. But inside your heart necessarily wasn't changed. Um, It was just and that's the challenge we have with 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 kids who are raised in the church um, is that that we want our children to follow. And it's our job to raise our children in the faith. But at some point in time, it has to become their faith. They, cannot, they can no longer just live on, well, this is what mom and dad do and I can just pattern myself after this. And then you have a huge swing in the church. Well, I don't want to decide for them. And so they don't raise their kids in the faith at all. And, those kids, and then they wonder when the kids get out of school that they're all over the place. Um, and so there's this really tough balance that we have. And, and so teaching that the heart is what God cares about. It's not behavioralism, though we live in a behavioralistic world, right? It's hard for us to to, to, to separate those. It's really about the heart. Um, and, and this is really setting up, if you think about it, For when Jesus appears to Peter um, after the ascension and he's he's hungry and they're making a meal and the sheet comes down and he says, go ahead, take and eat. And Peter's like, I'm not going to do that. He goes, don't call unclean what I have declared clean. Again, this really harkens back to this Mark passage or in other places, you know, what you take in doesn't defile you, right? It's not the outside stuff. It's what's inside already that defiles you. Um, how about uh, Matthew six nineteen through 21? Someone read those, please.
1: Do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth, where moth and rust
2: destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But so store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your
0: heart will be also. Okay, so how does that give us some explanation to our light shed light on the the Mark seven verses.
3: Well those things of this world are perishable Mm -hmm. all the trappings and wealth and so forth. But you know if you're bankrupt in your heart Hmm. deal.
0: So if we look back at Mark seven Jesus talks about the heart, um, and he talks about the things that you take in from the outside. It's not entering your heart. I mean, it, ta- it enters your stomach. Now we know that there are certain foods that eventually affect the heart, but <laughs> he's not talking about that. <laughs> uh, so, thus he declared all foods clean, and that's it's kind of of, of what Jared was saying, and. Even Jesus right here. Now, this is, a, this is a Mark commentary, really, right? Because Jesus wasn't really saying that at this moment in time. He was foreshadowing that all foods are going to be clean. But Mark's like, look, he said it here, even while he was on earth, that, that we can eat bacon. Uh, you know, that's... <laughs> but if, if all foods are... I mean,
3: I think
1: that was one of the reasons, because the people... There was not the sanitary water and things to wash your hands and everything. So, are all foods clean?
0: There was at this point in time. See, now they were in a society that had advanced and they weren't in the wilderness anymore. A lot of the dietary, there were you know. Remember on when we talked about the ceremonial and the dietary laws on on the Sunday night a couple weeks ago, the dietary were you know to to sustain them through the wilderness. Uh, because they didn't have access. Well, when Jesus comes on a the scene, they have access to all that stuff. Um, and again, the, the Jews in their pride um, had said, our practice is what makes us godly and better than all of you. What we do, how we, how we eat how we bathe, how we wash our hands, how we pray on the street corners, how we, how we do this, this shows you that we are, are God's people. And Jesus is like, that doesn't really show us anything. Because back in Isaiah's time, I mean, God was railing against the people because he says, your, your lips do what they're supposed to do. They say the right things, but your hearts are far from me. And, and so Jesus is really kind of mirroring that. It's like, you guys, you do all the right things, but your hearts are deceitfully wicked. And, and so if you can't deal with the heart, um, then, then the other, the food issues don't really matter. Uh, and again, to, to Jared's point, he changed everything. And even for us, he changes everything. I mean, he really does. Uh, and and Christ, when he enters your life, changes everything. Um, and so I think that, that some of the challenges for religious leaders and for us who like to, uh, us who find comfort in rules and regulations, uh, it, it's hard for us because we just want to know that we're right. right? We just want to know, well, I, I know I did what I needed to do. I know I'm okay. Uh, it's like when you're in school, a little bit longer. And you get a rubric you know, with your syllabus at the beginning of your class. And so you're like, okay, this is what's expected of me. Um, if I do this, I know I'll do this. And we often take, uh, you know, like a job description or a task list that you get from your employer, do this, and you'll have completed the day, right? And so you do it, and, like, I did what I was supposed to do. Well, we often transfer that over to our Christianity and our religious walk where Jesus is like, it's not about what you do. It's not about what you eat. It's about really the relationship and the heart issue with me. Um, and again, um, it's much easier to make it about rules and regulations. But then it becomes about you, right? It becomes about your ability and what you could do. And, and that's what the religious leaders were doing. They were saying, look, you can because of what you do and Jesus is like no you can't because you're still defiled at the core. And so where he says here in verse 21 of Matthew or of Mark 7, excuse me, from with from from within out of the heart of man. So here's what comes from the heart. Evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and they defile a person. Well, if you look at that list, every single sin will find its way to to one of those. One of those in that list.
2: But if it didn't come in from the outside first, we would never have known those.
0: What do you mean? Well,
2: how, how did we just come up with all these evil thoughts and everything if we didn't get exposed to them at some other time?
0: Well, that goes all the way back to Genesis chapter 2 then, right? When uh, three when the when the when the forbidden fruit was eaten, now those things have been passed down. Mm-hmm. That's where we talk about original sin. There in, you know, you look at, at, at the wonderful little babies, especially when they're sleeping, but in that little beating heart, but in that little beating heart is Evil thoughts, sexual morality, theft, murder, and that 's hard for us to wrap our minds around but but you watch and as they grow, it doesn't take long for us to recognize that children are extremely selfish, right I mean, you just put two kids together and 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 before you know it, they 're fighting over uh, even if they can 't talk yet, they 're fighting over stuff and so I want what that person wants, so they go over and they take the toy away from, them. yeah Steve.
4: As I say in the beginning of there, the Pharisees asked him, why do your disciples uh, not walk according to the traditions? To your point, he says, well, uh, well did uh, Isaiah the prophet, hypocrites, is written, the people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me, and in vain they worship me, teaching the doctrines and commandments of men. But to your point again, but it seems like the whole as- aspect of Christ is going back and just showing the condition of heart. The Pharisees must have been really... Torque, because who wants to go there? I mean, when you, when you really are dealing with issues of the heart, uh, it's a whole lot easier just to wash your hands and not deal with your attitude, actions, words, thoughts, and deeds. Yeah. Uh, we, I'm glad today in our society we don't struggle with that. <laughs> and so, yeah, well, good
0: thing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. It's kind of like I finally got to mow the lawn at my house Thursday of last week. And it was overdue, but it kept raining. Right, And so I'm like, and then I had South Idaho Pastors Conference and had to go to the LWML thing in Burley. And I'm like, so it was a, it was a huge, just me personally. It was a, so I get it done. And of course, because it was wet and because of how long it was, I couldn't cut it as low as I wanted it to and couldn't use the bag because it would just, anyway. And so I, I, I felt good that I got it done, but, and then I drove home later that day and I'm like, man, I need to do it again. And I didn't do it yet, but 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 there's a sense of accomplishment when you're like, I need to get this done, and you get it done, and you look at it, and you go, Wow, job well done. And that's really what what the the Pharisees were teaching. That's how that's how you are a believer. That's how you're a child of God. You can look back at all you did and say, All right, job well done. I'm I'm good. Uh, and that's and and that's really any other religion besides Christianity that preaches Christ for you that he are justified by faith only. Every other Religion will teach you have to work to be approved to God. Uh, True Christianity is the only one that preaches no, you're approved because of the work of Jesus Christ. Nothing else. Now therefore, (laughs) now you get to do stuff but not to earn God's favor, not to be right with God, because you can't. Because every motivation to be right with God that's driven by the flesh is ultimately falls under well probably pride. And it's foolishness. And it's wickedness. Anyway, and it's deceitful. So, yeah, we got all that there. So we're good there. Um,
3: so there's, the yep. note says, that, okay, so there's 12, a list of 12. <laughs> Is there? Any, I mean, that's sort of one of these complete numbers, right? Yeah. So it speaks to speak, it's like the 12 tribes and whatever, but anyway.
0: Yeah, I mean, you could go. There's sometimes you can look at that, but you have, like, when you look at the list of spiritual gifts that Paul gives in, in Romans and then in 1 Corinthians... Neither of them are complete. They're different, Uh, and so and then when when Paul goes in and starts listing sins, and then he puts at the end and the like. So he just leaves it open to to to, uh, just you know just so you know that there's (laughs) this is not an exhaustive list is what he's saying, Uh, and I wouldn't say that this is a complete list, but I would say that every if you look at every sin. You, you, can, you can filter it through one of these. You'll find it there very easily. I mean, you could just take pride and go, every sin really is, is the, the, the genesis is pride. I know better than God. My way is better. I can do things without his help. Uh, his way is a disregard. That's a prideful thing. Um, so, anyway, Matthew 23. I know, we're going back to Matthew.
1: Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you clean the outside of the cup and the plate, but inside they are full of greed and self indulgence. You blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and the plate, that the outside may also be clean. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which outwardly appear beautiful, but within are full of dead people's bones and all uncleanness so you also outwardly appear righteous to others but within you are full of hypocrisy and
0: lawlessness so he's not mincing words (laughs) here Uh, not at all (laughs) so again how do these words and we've been kind of talking about this this is a little more pointed a little more direct but how do the words here in Matthew uh, that Jesus used against religious leaders connect to uh, to Mark 7
4: He's just healing the the condition of the heart. That's that. I mean, he's just uh, speaking the truth in love. It, actually, it's a uh, they must have hated it, but I mean, it's a very merciful thing. That this is your condition.
2: Mm-hmm. And, and he was is,
4: saying this to the crowds.
3: He wasn't just speaking to the Pharisees or the scribes. He was right. addressing this
1: to the people. All right? Wow. This is another example. Of- Skeletons in our closet.
0: A, a poking the bear. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, calling them out what? in front of everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, right. all think you're clean, but you stink. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's a big stink. you're yeah. using there, bud. Yeah. Well, that's pretty accurate. Connie? It is. It is. You know, I've been thinking about this. <laughs> 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 and what has happened is that when they were in the wilderness, they had to follow all these rules and regulations, right? In order to survive. For
0: the dietary laws, for sure. Ceremonial, will just separate them as a people, but yeah.
1: And so then now Jesus comes, and he's trying to make them have a whole new way of life. Because they no longer have to follow the rules, but...
0: Can you imagine how difficult that would be? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, almost a freedom of life um, because it's, it's exhausting to try to keep all the rules. Right, you can't. It's just exhausting, and, and yet we find, we find comfort in doing stuff. I guess we're weird, you know. We misery loves company, and so we'd rather be miserable because it's it's. Um, because you know that. It's we're doing something right. right. It, it's yeah. but it's known too. Mm-hmm. It's known. At least I know uh, Jesus calling them into the unknown, which is faith. <laughs> you have faith in in what I do, and, I, and it's a bad example, but it just came to my mind. So you have a. Um, a high schooler. I'm picking on you guys again, but you have a high schooler, and they work really hard. They work really hard. There's a routine, right? You got to go to school. You got to do all this, and then graduation day comes, and now you don't have to do anything, right? You don't have to go to school, depending on what you know, family you grew up in. But you know, you're 18 now, and and uh, you are legally you have the right to leave and do what you want. Um, a lot of of kids when they graduate high school, that's overwhelming to them, and so you see a lot of them just be paralyzed with, well, I don't know what to do, and um, and so it's challenging, right? Because it's like, well, I, I, even though I was tired at least I knew my routine and I knew my place and I knew, um, and again, sometimes that happens when you you're in a job for a long time and then another job comes up and you, or you move to a new town. Um, and you don't have, even though the job was horrible and you hated it. Um, but at least you knew what to expect. And now there's something that you don't know what to expect. Many people when they retire, I have some in here that might help you out with that. But I know my dad, when he retired was like, well, what do I do? I mean, you know, so he subbed for two years because at least I could go back into the school because he, he didn't know how to not wake up at 4.30 in the morning and go be at the school and, and do these things. It was really difficult for him. So it took him a few years to go, I do have freedom, and now I can fill my life up and be busier than I was before I retired. But anyway, um, which is what a lot of you do when you retire right here.
3: Um, I, wonder, to, I wonder how much how these little rules that they were doing and still do to some extent, just were out of necessity. For example, uh, lepers were isolated. Mm -hmm. Leprosy is contagious. If you isolate, you don't get leprosy. They couldn't treat it, so they isolated them. The not eating of pork. Pork has some serious diseases, one of which is trichinella, that can kill you. Mm -hmm. If you just eat a spoonful sometimes of. Port me. Uh, I wonder how many of those really came up were man-made <laughs> rather than than and I'm, yeah. I mean I, I know about these diseases type things, but there are a lot of rules that develop. As a result of other needs for society, no, for, sure. and for the individual, what
0: have you. Yeah, so the original dietary rules, uh, so you have ceremonial law and dietary law and then moral law. Moral law has not changed with Christ. Ceremonial law and dietary law uh, are no longer, we're no longer bound to. So as far as Christians, ceremonial law were those, those religious practices with sacrificing and, and you know, honoring the Lord on the Sabbath day and things like that. Um, and they, they didn't necessarily reflect the character of God like the moral law does. So the ceremonial law are how you worship God in, in relationship to God. And some of it was Israel was the only nation that claimed only one God. They were the only ones, and they were the only ones that claimed we know the true and living God, only one God. So God's like, this is how you worship—that is contrary to pagans and every all the rest of the world. But then to sustain them in the desert, um, and some of it was to sanctify them and separate them. You're not going to, because a lot of the practices of the pagans. Um, use a lot of these meats and things in their worship and and so the Lord's like I'm not going to have you defile yourself by looking and, and doing everything like them but also in the wilderness to your point Delane in the wilderness they needed to s- s- sustain and if they were to eat everything like the pagan nations um, in the wilderness they would have, have perished much quicker and maybe not made it um, but then now they're Looking at, and, and they've made all these rules into their spiritual validity. Um, and that's where God comes in and says, Yeah, not so much, right? Um, but yet they were very beneficial for a lot of reasons. I mean, there's still people today that's, let's go back to the biblical diet, you know, the Mediterranean diet is all about that. It's not, it, it, it's, it, you know, you don't have pork, you have a lot more seeds and grains and, and more fish. Uh, than you do uh anything else. And so but then there's some fish that Jesus that God prohibited also. We're not to eat shrimp back in the day. Now you can though. And you can wrap it in bacon. <laughs> so <laughs> shrimp
2: or no no no.
0: Yeah. Shrimp and lobster were no no's back in the day. Mm. Not anymore. The crustacean crazy. crawdads were no go either, just so you know.
2: That's, that's another king thing crab. Cooked all the
0: way. What's that? King crab. No crabs, no uh, Bottom of the Yep, anything, yeah, that's pretty much, yeah. They didn't quite have the process we do. So, when we look at this religious leaders, um, uh, you say you clean the cup and the plate, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. So, to your point, Harold, they, he's speaking to the masses. He's not just speaking to them. And so he's, he's telling them, now, to the, to the masses, why would this have been an important thing for them to hear? And how do you think they might have responded?
1: I can think of a couple different ways, depending on who's in the crowd. Mm-hmm. You know, If you were already suspicious of the you know, wealthy-looking guy who stomps in and out of the um, temple every morning, like his um, feet don't stink, and then somebody comes along and is like, you know what? That guy looks good on the outside, but dude, you know, you might be sitting there going, <laughs> I knew it. Mm-hmm. You know, or it could also be, you know, if you're absolutely believing that that dude walks on water, so to speak, it, you know, that could be where part of the crowd that crucified him came from. You know, yeah. you're, you're sitting over here rabble rousing and poking fun at the people who are leading us spiritually, and, you know, that's not cool. Yeah?
0: Okay. So he disrupts some, some things, right? They, they, again, I would I would I would venture to say that most of the people went to the second. Well, these are the guys that we thought were supposed to follow. And now you're telling us that to the core they're greedy and self indulgent. Um, and then they probably went to that second one. Okay, well, that makes sense. And then I look at high-profile pastors who have, who have had moral failings um, or have rage issues and, and have been... You, you know, um, fortunately, I believe God is, is, is faithful. But how many people were radically impacted by the failings of that man because they, they held him up on a pedestal? Um, all to realize, wait a second... Um, He's just a man, right? And so I think that the challenge that we have is, is that we, it's easier again. This is the weirdness about human nature. It's easier to follow a man than it is to follow God because we can look at a man and on the flip side, we truly don't have the expectations for that man to be perfect. And so it helps us not be so hard on ourselves and go, oh, well, you know, they're just a man, so, Um, but then, but then at the same time, they're tangible, there's the other side of it, they're tangible, I can see them, God is, is physically unseen, right, so, um, so what, as we look at these, these connections, what do you think an appropriate response um, for us is when we read these scriptures, what's the, What's the thing that resonates with you that you start thinking about?
4: Well, he's talking about us. Okay. One of the things, what uh, is well, he talking about us is maybe the same, but uh, maybe he's saying, Lord, uh, obviously um, we're self centered and. Uh, prideful and whatnot, maybe the Holy Spirit can show if my individual needs of word. You would want me to have a an appropriate response of your heart, your mind, your direction, instead of uh, my vast wisdom and my, my geniusness.
0: Yeah, so, Meg, what other ways? Um, so when you say he's talking to us, how does that, and you don't have to answer this, I just... Didn't know if you were oh, we done. Yeah, no, now you do. No, uh, but yeah. How? But how? I mean, how are some ways when He says he's talking to us? What do we do in our context? Obviously, we know Jesus, um, but yet there's still an application to us. And so, what would that application look like? Do you think?
3: to humble yourself and you have to do some introspection and I you know look and, and see where you you fall into these mm-hmm. categories and let
2: me change that. I fall into these categories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's why yeah. you
3: repent every day, yeah. Yeah. Every yeah. day. For every day. day. Pretty much for yeah I you know you, we don't have any uh, we can't be pointing fingers as anybody to mm-hmm. point back at yourself.
1: Yeah, yeah. Connie, were you going to say something? Well, to me it turns back to your, and I can't remember where in the Bible it is, but it says that you're supposed to turn yourself completely over to God and let Him handle things. Mm-hmm. And that's what this says to me, that we're, you know, we, we cannot make the decisions without his help.
0: Yeah. I think the challenge that we have um, is is um, let's say this correctly but we end up very easily um, finding our our comfort and our religious validity in practice rather than just in so i mean a good example would be the variety of different ways that people do a worship service right there's just a lot of some of them are most of them i would say are fairly decent there's some that i'm just like okay i don't get that right um But there's a lot of variety uh, and and I think that a lot of times people find where they feel the presence of God most that God is ministering to them and they find a group of believers that that, that practice the same way and that becomes how you have to worship God and so what happens is then that, that group of people looks down upon the others who don't worship that way and negate their their practice as not valid. Um, and it's easy, any church that you're in, it's easy to get that way. Uh, you, you know, some of the challenges, you, you know, like there's, there's guys in, in Lutheranism that would look at how we do Lutheran stuff and say, you're not Lutheran because you don't do it this way. And, and Lutherans are, are tied by doctor, not practice, but, but that's been marred quite a bit over the last hundred years. But But the reality is, is Jesus is the one who needs to get the attention. Um, And that's where you have to go, okay, are people engaging a holy God in this and how they're worshiping here? Um, And so, like, I have the blessing, I think, of being in, in a lot of different, I've experienced a lot of different worship. Some of it very good. Some of it weird, I, go to, I would go to Southern Baja and um, people in other cultures are a, a, a little more expressive than we are, Even, yeah. and, and yet I, I remember moving past the uncomfortableness and realizing the genuineness of it, and going, wow, you, you know, not my thing, I'm, I'm not, it wouldn't be natural and a good response for me to act like that, but... And then you have people who look at me and feel like I'm more charismatic than they want to be. Um, you know. And so you just have this balance that you look at. And so the source and the goal always has to be how are we looking to Christ and how are we honoring God in our context? And, it's a heart, and it goes back to heart, back to Meg's point. Well, you know, <laughs> it's me. It's always a heart issue. It's always a heart issue. And I remember years ago, um, a pastor who I respect greatly, who was a great musician, um, said, y- you know, some of you complain about how people can't play music. And he goes, and shame on you. He says, it's for the Lord. And he, this guy's picky about music. I mean, if you knew this guy, you'd be like, and, and he was sharing that he had to be convicted of that, that. When it's about the Lord, it's not about the music. And, and, and when people are generally responding to the Lord, that's what we get excited about. And, 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 and honoring God. Uh, and so that's what we. And it's a heart issue every single time, every single time. Sing some hymns at the LWML last Friday, a week ago Friday, in their worship service. That I'd never heard before, and there's a reason. I mean, the the range was whoo. I took a picture of one of them to show Lake the bass line. I'm like, there's no bass I know that could ever hit this note. <laughs> and, and, uh, uh, but there were some people I was watching, and there were some people that, that, that were really engaged, and, and, and it was fun just to go, you know, God meets people, and that's what we want It's God to meet people. And my, my hope and prayer is that when we gather together, we have the expectation that we're here to honor God, but he's also going to meet us in this place in ways that he can't outside of this place but don't be a Pharisee okay that's the other thing too. <laughs> Lord thanks so much for your goodness thanks that you deal with the heart um, something we have to remember that um, the heart is your territory so forgive us when we try to meddle in in your arena and um, Lord help us to uh, honor you Um, with our hearts. And as as Connie was saying, that we we would trust in you with all our heart and, and not lean on our own understanding, but look for every opportunity, Lord, to just acknowledge you and your goodness and faithfulness. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.